You are now listening to Cyber Time Bite, hosted by me, Stephen Clark. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey there, everybody. Um, How's it going, man? This is this is Steven for Cyber Time Bite, and we are here for episode forty-three. Episode forty-three, and today, um, I'm I'm having a guest on today who is very well known in the in the guitar in the guitar playing community. Um, you may know him from his solo stuff. You may know him from uh, from uh, from his two bands that he's that he's been in or is in or we're gonna figure that out today. And uh, you may you may know him for a little song called EBE. Oh yeah, I think you know where I'm going today. I'm with Rusty Cooley. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, man. It's been a busy day, but I'm I'm good. I'm just uh, kind of hanging out at the moment. We have to get back to work, but uh, it's all good, man. How are you? Oh, I'm doing. I'm doing good. I'm doing great. Fantastic. Um, so, so let's so let's uh let's let's give it a let's give it a roll, shall we? From right to the beginning. Um, so when did you when did it all start for you? Like when like like was music like always in but like well music is in everyone's life, but for you was it like guitar playing was like a thing that you were started at very 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 young or was it a thing that you got into like when you hit like junior high high school um i started playing guitar um about a month before my 15th birthday it was kind of like an early birthday present Mm -hmm. um i come from a uh motocross racing family i raced dirt bikes from the time i was old enough to get on one until a little while after I started playing guitar, and you know, so I I really had no interest in music whatsoever um, prior to that. Um, I listened to music. I was always I always listened to music, but um, I never saw myself as playing guitar. I had weird encounters with the guitar throughout my youth. Um, I mean, because I was 15 when I started, basically. But you know, it was it was almost like these guitars were strategically placed in front of me at certain points in my life to kind of coax me in the right direction almost, you know, mm-hmm. but I just wasn't, I didn't, I didn't see it. I didn't know, recognize what, what was going on. And then, um, one new year's Eve, me and two of my friends, or it wasn't new year's Eve. It was kind of leading up to new year's Eve. Me and some friends had been jamming with, with tennis rackets. So that was air guitar back in the day, by the way. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I got this brilliant idea one day, and I just thought, "Hey, how about we get some real electric guitars?" <laughs> and oh uh, and that's what we did. And from the day I, you know, went home with my guitar, it was uh, it was pretty much uh, the light went off, and it uh, changed my life forever. Um, but but um, what song that you made, um. On, on your solo stuff or with your band are you re- that you're really, really proud in, in making? Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Um, I don't really think about my music that way. Um, but, I mean, 
you know, looking back, I'm, I'm pretty proud of, you know, a lot of the stuff or the, not like, not like proud in a boasting way, but more of like, I look back and, and, and I realized because I'm very, very hard on myself. Um, when it comes to my music, I mean, it, it took me probably six months to even be able to listen to the first Outworld CD after we recorded it. Cause I was just, I just didn't want to hear it. I wasn't, I wasn't into it. And I just thought I didn't play well on it and wasn't happy with myself. And, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and you know, and, and then I was able to start listening to it and, and I really started to dig it. And, um, now I look back on a lot of stuff, like the stuff on my instrumental album and, and both Outworld CDs and, and you know, all the CDs that I've been on in general, um, look back and it's like, it's, it's pretty cool. You know, it's nice to have been part of all these different things. And, um, you know, I look back and I go, wow, that was a lot better than I thought it was. You know, I'm, I'm genu usually genuinely surprised and, and pleased because it is, if you walk away from it for a long period of time, and then you go back and listen to it, you realize things that you didn't realize or appreciate in that moment. Yeah. Um, so it's, I've learned a lot from that, you know. Um, so I don't know that I could say I have any one song. I, I, I think the Outworld album is, is awesome. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's really cool. It's, it's, it's a shame that that band never saw its day because um, that, that band should have been there and, and done it. And, and then been back, but we had too much internal problems with band members. Um, and my instrumental album pretty much did what I set off to do. I mean, my whole goal behind my instrumental album was to write the most intense instrumental record to date that anybody ever heard, and at the same time capture the emotions of my listeners and fans that I had as a listener and a fan when I heard my favorite guitar players. It's kind of undescribable. It's like when I was a kid and I heard Ingve just the feeling that I got inside from it, it was indescribable. And I wanted to recreate that feeling that I felt when I heard Ingve when, when, you know, the guitar players heard my stuff. Yeah. So whether, you know, I accomplished that or not, I don't know. But, uh, you know, that was my goal. It wasn't to create some kind of CD that you could sing and dance to and hum melodies to and stuff like that. It was meant to be bludgeoning, you know. It, it, I mean, like the... Uh the the album i don't know if there's a is there a difference between the rusty cooley album with the blue cover and the one with you just in front of a brick wall or is those two the, different the difference is is that the one with the blue cover is a remix and remaster um that comes with a bonus dvd and some tabs mm -hmm. that was the cd was originally released in 2003 and then we remixed and remastered it in like 2008 or 9 or something like that and it was re-released yeah because when you go on the itunes when you look up rusty cooley in itunes you find the the al the the blue one the other one that you just are talking about and then the one i and then the one i downloaded right now the the drowning in the uh, low Indian sea which is an amazing song by the way if people who's listening to it have not listened to it go check it out right now it's an amazing song oh, yeah. that's cool that's some of my my guest work with a uh, good friend of mine who is that? Because uh, I never heard of him until right now. Yeah, ba Basil, uh, well, Oculus Lucanus, or uh, I think that's um, how you pronounce it. Um, I don't think of him that way. His, that's not his real name, obviously. Um, so um, he's a good buddy of mine that I've known for years, and he's he's always been like, dude, come on, we need to do this stuff, you know. And you know, he he writes all digital music 
and it's uh, I mean obviously that has guitar in it but most of the music that he does by himself is normally like all digital realm um, <clears throat> but he's been writing a bunch of stuff that could be used for movie scores or soundtracks um, or video games and then we've got some stuff that he's got ready for video games and some other movie stuff and um, we had a friend that's a, a female singer um, named Lucy that's mm-hmm. gonna be singing on some of the stuff she plays in a, her name's Lucy Lenore and she plays in a metal band as well um, here in Houston um, I forget the name of the band sorry Lucy uh, but she's killer singer she can sing all the heavy stuff and then she's really got a beautiful voice and can sing all the melodic and pretty stuff as well so um so but yeah that, that thing the drowning in the ionian that was that was me going over to my buddy's house um on a friday night and plugging in to uh this little boss thing he had there sitting on his desktop and um and he just pulled up the tune and i just started playing over it and that's became that it was all it was all improv first take stuff just right off the fly just we just did it hit roll and did a few takes and that's that's that man is um is there now no i i know i hopefully this isn't asking for too much but do you think there's an extended cut of that song because because i i it's i know it's already two minutes the song's already two yeah. minutes but like is there like is there like an extended cut of that song? Just asking. You know, I, I don't know. I, I'd have to ask. I could check, you know, because it's, you know, I, I don't know because it's, it, it was done about a year before it was released and he was just kind of sitting on it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, man, let's just release this, man. I haven't put anything in a while. And I said, cool, let's do it. I mean, he even asked me if I wanted to put it out under a, an alias name because he didn't, because it's so different than what I normally do. Yeah, and I said, "No, dude, put it out, put my name on that, because you know that just is one more way to validate uh, my playing to all the naysayers that think I can only shred and can't play slow and can't bend, have no melody or feel, and all that bull crap." So it's just you know one more uh, you know yeah. thing in my corner. So um, it's ridiculous to think that somebody that can play as fast as I can can't play slow. Yeah, I mean, nope, like... I can't play, so I got one gear to go. Yeah, I mean, like, Buckethead did the same thing. He made acoustic shards, and that was that was kind of some slow stuff. And he made slow stuff, too, on his many of... However... Well, I mean, that, that whole CD that Buckethead put out called Coma, that's all slow stuff. Yeah, and, the, uh, and, all, and a lot of the songs on his Pikes, um, whatever, how many he has now, because he made so many, he has slow stuff yeah. on it, too. Yep. Yep, Absolutely. Speaking uh, speaking of Buckethead, I want to I want to tell you this real quickly. I was looking up I was I looked up your name I was looking up your name in Google because I'm on the show. I wanted to um like uh, find a picture the the advertise um the advertise this in a picture when I upload it and mm-hmm. and do you know how when you go on the Google Images they have like a little image and like a little tagline to help you search for this guy better for like about him better. I guess I'm not really sure. Maybe that's a feature I need to be hip to. <laughs> But no, I mean there there's a little picture and it says like like Rusty Cooley like like uh music, life and like and wife and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And the wife one has a picture of you and Buckethead. I don't know why. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that's weird. I know I know what picture you're talking about. Yeah, it's like it's like why is why in the wife tag? Right. Like 
I, I didn't funny. understand that. I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty funny. But no, that when we're talking. I, I can uh, I can send you a screenshot if you want. Yeah, that's cool. I'm, I'm gonna see if I can Google and find that life thing you're talking about. Yeah, just I'll just put your name in and then go Google images and then it should be one of the things hopefully. But like, who are your influences? Like, who are your guitar influences? Like top five, top three. I mean, I know <clears> it's hard. Well, um, it, it's changed through the years. I can give you the kind of rundown. Um, from the younger years to middle to um, current, because I have many, many influences. Um, and I think that's an important thing for any musician of any age to realize is that, you know, the more you listen to, the more you, you more sources you can draw and channel from. Um, and, you know, if, if all you do is listen to metal, guess what you're gonna sound like? You're just gonna regurgitate metal, but if you, channel from you know jazz funk classical fusion bebop i don't know whatever you know you name it then you've you've, you're channeling all these different sources and then what you put out is going to be a reflection of of that Mm -hmm. you'll have something new to offer but as far as influences go in the early days um my first my first all-time guitar hero was randy rhodes Mm -hmm. um first three years i played guitar i didn't i listened to pretty much you know, nobody but Randy Rhodes. I took the Diary of a Madman and Blizzard of Oz and, and I took all the solos out of all the songs and made them into a reel on a tape. So it was just playing all the solos. And um, of course, I was into Eddie Van Halen as well, but Randy was Randy was my dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and then Ingve came out and that changed my whole world. Ingve um, <clears throat> is my next, you know, I mean, Randy Rhodes was, you know, was a huge influence and still is a huge influence on my playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Malmsteen came out, like I said, and Malmsteen was just otherworldly. There was nobody around that could play remotely close to Ingve, um, at least not in, in any form of media that I was aware of. Um, you know, there was guys like Sean Lane out there that nobody knew of him really yet um, that was playing that insane. But Ingve just blew my mind. Really, dude. I mean, I'd never heard anybody play using the tonality, the scales, the modes. Uh, never heard anybody playing with that virtuosity level, and you know, use those Taurus bass pedals, and you know, you had all these drones. It was just wicked, man. Yeah. And uh, that just sent me back to the woodshed, and completely made me rethink um, guitar and, and how to approach things, and uh, how many hours a day I practice, etc. Another one of my big influences around the same time was Steve Vai, which um, of course. was a huge Vai fan back then. And it was like Ingve and, and Vai, they were the far ends of each spectrum. You had Vai, which was very uh, almost comical and humorous with his playing and very animated as a performer, um, kind of in a silly, fun way, um, with just wild, crazy whammy bar stuff, tapping and just very innovative. And then you had Ingve on the other end of that, which was just monstrous with flawless technique and playing like a virtuoso classical musician. And I, I loved both of them, you know, and mm-hmm. they were both big influences. I was into Saturiani a lot in my early on days. Um, and in, in the, that same time frame, which would be um, late 80s, early 90s, um, you know, my three biggest influences really to this day are Paul Gilbert, Ingve, Malmsteen, and, and Jason Becker. I'd have to say those three guys, you know, influenced 
me tremendously. Um, yeah. Especially Paul, Paul Gilbert, just as much as, as Becker or Ingve. I mean, I wore those Racer X CDs out, man. Um, actually, they were cassettes back then, vinyl. Mm-hmm. Um, so at one point during my playing around the early 90s, somebody um, said that that um, if Ingve and Paul Gilbert had a baby, that would be what I that would be me. That was what I sound like. Oh man! You know, so I was totally into that. I mean, stuff. So, I mean, that's what that's what. That's, Sorry to interrupt, but that's what "Under the Influence" means. The song off my instrumental CD. That's my tribute to Ingve, Paul, and Jason. Yeah, I mean that's um, I mean that's I, I know I I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I haven't heard the song yet, but I will. And I'll and I'll totally get back to you on it because it's because that sounds like a like an amazing song. I mean, like it's it's really cool that you take like you know I mean all these influences and you and you incorporate them in your music somehow i mean i, I mean every musician does that from like you know guns and roses to aerosmith you know they they all they all influence they all bring their influences in somehow and they're playing but it's really cool yeah. that that you that you like dedicate almost an album you know to all of it yeah yeah well, i mean you know it's like under the influence was specifically for those three guys and there's a video for that song as well um that i shot um for it um you know, other influences, you know, range from, you know, guys like Alan Holdsworth and Frank Gambale and Mike Stern and Scott Henderson and Al Dimiola um, to, um, you know, country guitar players like Scotty Anderson and Brent Mason and Ray Flack, um, you know, mm-hmm. you know, Jerry Reed, um, you know, Chuck, I mean, Chet Atkins, um, there's so many of them. Um, yeah. You know, some of my favorite and some of my biggest influences as well are not even guitarists or violinists or pianists. Yeah. Um, I'm incredibly into this uh, violinist that's a uh, modern violinist. His name's Mark O'Connor. He's more of a fiddle player, but he's a huge educational guy. And he's got all kinds of great CDs. And he's got his own album with like caprices, like Paganini style, but they're not Paganini style, but in the, in the form of a caprice, which most people think of Paganini. Um, it's, it's great stuff. Um, probably one of the most virtuosic violinists alive today. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and there's great, you know, classical, you know, or you know, from the classical period, romantic broke era, the different periods of, of, of music. Um, of you course. know, Bach, Chopin, Liszt, Alcon, Moskowski, um, Rachmaninoff, you know, just to name a few, um, and then all the great violinists that play all the literature from years back, like Michael Rabin, Yasha Heifetz, um, you know, um, it's like Perlman, mm-hmm. just to name a few. Yeah, you have so you have so many influences, like, like Sean Lane, man, one of my biggest too. Yeah, I mean, like I, I love no, I love how it, it's it's amazing. I mean, like like you take you're taking, you know not just guitar playing but you're taking like like almost orchestra music is that fair i i, I get it could be you know you're taking orchestra music and it you're kind you're kind it's kind of like a one-man trans-siberian orchestra but stuff you don't have the orchestra backup you incorporate that part of it in your playing yeah yeah i guess i could see that yeah i mean it's definitely got it's influenced by many many things um you know uh, there was a time when i was in high school 
that I didn't know if I wanted to be a, a jazz musician or a classical conductor. Mm-hmm. I was torn between so many things. I just didn't even know what I wanted to do. I just knew that music was what I wanted to do. Um, I had to figure it out. So, so how how was high school for you? Was it um, was 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 it uh? Was it very? Was it? It wasn't. Was it very rough? Was it easy? Were you a high a high scholar? Um. Well, you know, before I started playing guitar, I used to be like one of the popular kids in school and all that stuff, and was all, you know, extrovert and you know, hang out and do all the stupid clicky stuff. Mm-hmm. But once I started playing guitar, um, you know, I just I. That was it, man. I started playing guitar, and I didn't leave my room. I didn't leave the house very much. I maybe went out on the weekends or something like that for a little bit, but you know, I just played guitar. And and when my phone used to ring, I mean, you lose friends quick when you you answer the phone like this. What? I'm practicing. You know. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, so, uh, you know, by the time I was in tenth grade, I just had one or two friends really that were my guitar playing buddies and. That was it, man. I didn't hang out. I didn't go to any of the. I didn't. Go, yeah, I didn't. You know, socialize really. It was guitar, and I, like I said, I'd go out on the weekends or stuff. Go out and have some fun, here and there. But my main priority was guitar and becoming the best guitar player I could. And uh, just I was absorbed in music. So get, high school was a little weird because I felt very isolated. People didn't understand me, and I didn't understand them. And. Um, I didn't. I didn't dress like everybody else dressed, and mm-hmm. and a lot of times I, back then people were called stoners that smoked pot and all that kind of shit, and and I didn't do that. I mean, I had messed around with it, and I couldn't practice, so I quit. Yeah. Because you know, I would go home, and all I'd want to do is eat Doritos and watch the Flintstones. You know, <laughs> I couldn't be very productive that way, so I, I quit. But because I dressed differently, or dressed and looked like a quote stoner or whatever you want to call it from back then it's probably a term you never heard before but uh uh well i was born in 93 people would just associate me and instantly pigeonhole me and classify me as that that must be how i am it's like you know i'm at home practicing guitar and uh that's it so i mean like i mean like at least i mean unless you i mean the good thing is is that you stuck to your game because like I mean, like you may yes, you may have lost a lot of friends because of your tra- of your practicing, but you stuck, but you stuck to it, man. And look where yeah. you are right now. You're rusty, yeah. freaking coolie, and you're and you're <laughs> in a band, and you've released all these albums. I mean, I'm, I'm, that's amazing, man. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. It's uh, it's you know, it's 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 what I do. It's fun. I mean, I can't imagine doing anything else. You know, for me, there was no backup plan. Everybody was always like, you got to have a backup plan. I was like, why do I want to spend all this time preparing to fail? Yeah. And and honestly, music was never something that I, and I know this sounds weird and, and not right, but it's like a, music was never something that I did for money. Mm-hmm. You know, it was always just, this is, this is my art, you know? It's not yeah. about money. It's about making music. Now, if I can happen to make some money along the ways, that's a bonus. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, if anybody likes it, that's a bonus. Because if I'm not first and foremost happy with my music, I don't care what anybody else thinks, and I don't ever write music for anyone. You know, it's, it's for me. You know, like I said, I mean, I have to be happy with what I'm doing. It's it's always a, a period of growth when you're writing. It's about what am I, how can I implement, and and what I'm doing now into these songs and pieces of music, 
whatever you might want to call it. Um, the other thing that I used to always have to do, especially when I was writing my instrumental album, yeah. so I always had to remind myself that this is my album. I'm writing it. I don't have to do what anybody else has ever done. I don't have to follow any formulas, any structure. I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's it's this is my record, and I don't have to. I'm not, and you know, I wasn't stuck in any kind of record deal where you have to write the two minute hits or you know. I'm not in that situation. I don't have to do that bull crap, man. I don't have to play those games. Yeah. I mean, you know, find maybe people that do play those games make a whole lot of money selling out or whatever. But if that's what you're into, that's cool, and I have no problems with that. But for me, it's not about that, and and I'm cool with that too. Uh, it's never been any other way. I've never really thought about it any other way. It's just about the music, man. Let the notes fall where they fall. I've never written a song. That went, no matter what band I've been in, whether it's Day of Reckoning, my solo band, um, or, or um, Outworld, there's never been a time when I was in any one of those projects or bands and wrote something and said, oh, we can't do this because it doesn't fit our style. Mm-hmm. Whatever I write, we play. Yeah. You know, it's That's not, the way it we're, should we're be. not pigeonholed into a certain thing you know uh-huh the um the the thing i want to ask too is um is that have you ever have you ever played with fozzy before because i know chris jericho is the <clears> same <throat> way with his philosophy with um with music what what about chris did have you ever played with his band fozzy no i haven't but what did you say about his philosophy on music or whatever like he's the same way like he doesn't do anything for money he does it because for like what you were explaining you know yeah no, I haven't played with Chris, but I'd be I'd be more than honored to. So if you know Chris, tell him to give me a holler, Let's make some tunes. Yeah, I mean, like I don't like like honestly, I don't know him personally, but like yeah. you know, I can I can always tweet your name out and be like, hey, you know, I can help you out. Sure, that'd be cool. Um, so so we were talking the other day, and you told me that uh, you're from Illinois. Correct. What um what part again? What part of Illinois were you from? Uh, I'm from Peoria Heights, Illinois. Peoria Heights. I I know that's kind of Peoria, but I never heard of Peoria Heights. How yeah. um? Peoria Heights is a suburb um uh, outside of Peoria. Um, there's Peoria Heights. There's East Peoria. Um, there's Washington out there, and I don't know. It's been a long time since I've been back there. I mean, I moved to Texas when I was nine, and uh, it's been what? a long time. I've been back a few times to visit, but. My memory of, uh, you know, all this stuff is not so so great. I know that there's Waukegan and Chillicothe and Joliet and all that stuff. What made you want to move um, from here well, to there? Well, I'll tell you what. Here's here's what. It wasn't my choice. I was nine, you know. Yeah. Um, my parents had some friends in Houston that they would come down and visit every year around March so we could go to the Supercross. And um, the last year that we went down to Texas... Um, my dad had told my brothers, because I have two older brothers, to make sure that they shoveled all the snow off the back uh, patio so that it doesn't turn into ice. And, well, when we got back, they didn't do that, and it was like, I don't know, like six inches of ice on this big, huge patio that my dad was out there with shovel and pickaxe and shit, you know, trying to break up. And he swore that that was the last time he was ever going to do that, and we moved a few months later to Texas. And uh, that was it. He had all he could take. Which, see, I have nothing but fond memories of snow because all I had to do was play in it. I never had to drive in it. I never had to shovel it. I mm-hmm. never had to do any of the, 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 the stuff that's not fun with, with it. Uh, so, uh, I miss the snow. I mean, like, we, 
we had um we had we had a lot of snow just recently. It's melt it's like melting away now. Like it's it's already like almost gone almost because of the up and down weather we're having up here. Um I hear you, man. We, we Texas is uh, at least Houston. Uh, I, I call it bipolar weather because it, you don't know what you're going to get from one day to the next. Yeah, it's I mean, like, it gets it gets hot down there. Oh yeah, it does. I tell you what, in the summer down here, it gets so hot. I feel like sometimes when I walk outside to go to my car, I'm going to burst into flames. <laughs> oh gosh, that's hot. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, bro. And with the humidity that we have, it's, it's brutal. I mean, you, you shouldn't have to break a sweat walking to your car or you know walking from the grocery store to get in your car or something like that you shouldn't be sweating walking you know um have you ever thought of making a song about it um no but maybe i should that's a good idea yeah like call it you call it like um sweltering heats or something i don't know yeah. welcome to the volcano yeah, welcome to the volcano. It's nothing but explosive riffs. That's right. Straight from the inner depths of hell. So, I was watching a video that someone compilated with you and three R guitarists, and uh-huh. and they and they said and they said what? And someone in the comments said, uh, "It's like what am I watching a janitor contest? Because all I all I'm seeing are sweeps." Oh, ah, very funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. But can you even sweep? Do you even sweep? Yeah. That's funny. But did you die? Not really. Too funny. It was probably like me and Jeff Loomis and Chris Broderick or something like that. And I guess I'll send you the... If I can find the video again, I'll send it over to you and I'll show you what I meant. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, man. For sure. But, but like, um, was, were you, were you one of those... But, like, you started, you started, like, back in, like, the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And I was, no, I, I didn't. No, let's, not, let's not date me back that far, man. Oh. Uh, I started playing guitar in the eighties. Oh, in the eighties? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was doing. I was racing dirt bikes in the seventies when I was a little kid. Because because I was gonna say obviously Guitar Hero wasn't even a thing back then, but I'm saying I was gonna say like, did you did you ever get to play Guitar Hero when it was got big and famous and like you were one of the one of those famous guitarists, I guess that influenced um, the game. You know what, dude? I sucked at Guitar Hero. You did? Yeah, absolutely. It's nothing like real guitar. I know that. It's like uh, I used to tell. It's funny because it was Guitar Hero was actually great for me at the time when I'm being a teacher because every kid on the block thought they were going to come in and be a because they were good at Guitar Hero. They thought that they were going to be able to play guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, that's not the case. And when they didn't get instant gratification, you know, they didn't last very long. When they figured out they actually had to practice, which is no different than playing a video game. What yeah. are you doing when you're playing a video game to get good at it? You're practicing, really. You don't think of it that way, but that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, there's no real cheat codes with guitar. You know, you can't just go look up a code and all of a sudden you've figured out how to beat the boss. You know. Yeah, you <laughs> can't. You can't. You can't play a code and all, and, and all of a sudden you're starting to play. Uh, yeah. um, just sweet, gently sweeping on my guitar. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, but a, a good friend of mine, um, Ollie Herbert, who unfortunately had an untimely death recently. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, Ali Herbert, he played guitar for a band called All That Remains, and um, Ali was not only a badass guitar player, but he was a he was badass at Guitar Hero. And kids used to line up, side to, line up outside their tour bus to play Ollie, and they would all leave in fetal position with their asses kicked. <laughs> oh, man. So you know, because when he wasn't practicing, he'd be on the tour bus playing Guitar Hero. So, 
do do you do that um just just yeah. for funnies and kicks for his memory uh play guitar hero yeah for his memory just do what he did you know for for I, I don't, dude i don't have any video games and i really don't have any desire to play i take that back i do have one video game i bought a galaga machine you know one of the the old arcade machines galaga yeah i love galaga that's a cool game but uh it's old school man way old school but uh, that's about all I, as far as I go as in playing video games. I mean, you know, I, I was never into video games, dude. I never, I didn't. I mean, I, I would play them when you'd go up to the Seven Eleven and pop some quarters in the machine when you're like ten. But that's, you know, that's about as far as it went. When they started doing home consoles and all that stuff, Atari, I just wasn't into it, man. I was like, I'm gonna go do something else. I'm going outside. I'm gonna go ride my bike or race my ride my dirt bike or something. Wait, were you ever confronted by Activision? Are by or Red Octane or any of those guys that do Guitar Hero are Rock Band. Um, Rock Band. Uh, I was actually supposed to have some stuff on Rock Band where they loaded up the stems. Um, I'm not sure whatever happened with that. We I gave them all the stuff and they had it and I think it's out there. I mean I don't know. Um, apparently didn't make any money on it, but so because that or they never paid me. Because I, because I've been playing Guitar Hero for years, and I've never seen your name until, until just this year. Yeah. So, so, so obviously you didn't have any. You didn't. No, I didn't have anything on Guitar Hero. That's for sure. Um, not, not aside from all the videos you can see of kids that loaded up my songs. You know, in the Guitar Hero. Yeah, because um, you you would have done great. Like if they if you would have. Oh, dude! Yeah. If they would have put my shit on Guitar Hero, nobody would have been able to play it. You would have been hard in Dragon Force. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's what people say when you see, you know, because you can find a bunch of my songs from my instrumental album on Guitar Hero that people loaded up themselves that they made videos of themselves playing it. It's on YouTube all over. You just got to Google it or YouTube it, whatever. Yeah, I but, don't uh, have it. But, yeah, there's there's some... It's funny listening to them play, too, because their buttons are clicking so fast. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I mean, like I, I mean, like, um, like, like I was telling you, there's this game, there's this game that was made called Clone Hero, and it's basically Guitar Hero, but except all the songs from rock band Guitar Hero are in it, and mm-hmm. someone charted your song EBE, and mm-hmm. I, and I played, and I, and I downloaded it, and I played it, and it was, and it's hard, it's a hard, I can't play it, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, that's not even one of the more challenging songs off my instrumental album. That's <laughs> pretty crazy. I mean, it's it's hard, but I yeah. like it. I like it, but it's hard. Yeah. Well, of course, man. You want you want to be up for the challenge, right? Yeah. If it was easy, that's not any fun. Yeah. So, so like, um, what what's your uh, what is your relationship with Dragon Force? Are you friends with the with the with the bandmates? Um, I've met Herman Lee a couple times, but um, that's that's really about it. I I met their bass player. Their old. I don't even think. I don't even think the guys that I met. Uh, are in, in Dragon Force anymore except for Herman. Um, you know, I met Sam years ago, and I met uh, their bass player at the time, and, and I met Herman. I mean, I ran into Herman this year at, at NAMM. Um, it's it's more like, hey, cool, what's up, acquaintance kind of thing. It's not like we, we don't talk on the phone or email each other or anything like that. Yeah. You know? Do you, um, I, I, I always, I, ever since I heard you play, um, heard you play all those fast riffs, I always wanted to see you and Herman, the lead guitarist of Dragon Force, have you two go up in the guitar battle and see who would win because that would be epic. Because you're fast, he's fast. It would be uh, it would be a really fast guitar battle. We could say. Yeah, 
Yeah, it would be. That's for sure. Can you, um, I mean, would you be, would you be open for that or is it not really your thing? Dude, that's, that's, I'm not really into that kind of competing, you know, I played in some guitar contests when I was a kid, uh, or younger, I should say, um, because of the, the prizes that you could win, you know, I wasn't into it because, uh, you know, I wanted to be called the best guitar player or whatever, you know, and I'm not into competing. I mean, I mean, that's it's cool. not a competition. It's not a race, you know. But yeah, no, I don't want to battle anybody. I mean, that's cool. I mean, I didn't mean I didn't mean to make it sound like it has to happen. You know, I'm just no, no, I didn't, I didn't. You're cool, man. I didn't take it that way. It's just like, yeah, you know, I mean, can you really define better by something like that? You know, it's, it's that's the thing is that's interesting and um, perplexing at the same time. Music's it's in the ear of the beholder. It's not a, uh, it's not something that you can. You know, Force. way say this is better than that. Yeah. You know. Um, have you um have you ever played through the fire and flames before yourself, like faster? Have Have I ever tried to play that stuff? Yeah. No, man. And honestly, that stuff wasn't much of a challenge compared to what I was doing in, at, with my instrumental album. You know. I thought it'd just be like one of those things that, like, like, well, you know, I'll just play it for fun. I'm not going to record anything. Well, but I mean, it, honestly. I don't know why I would, you know, spend time learning somebody else's material when I can write my own. That's true. You know, that's the way I've always been. When I was when I was first learning how to play guitar, I was trying to figure out stuff by ear by other musicians, and five or ten minutes into it, every time I would have come up with three or four of my own riffs. And at that moment, then that's when I stopped trying to copy other people, or, or at least stopped trying to learn other people's songs. At that point, I just listened and got inspired by and, and, and got the vibe and I would sit down and start playing guitar and based off the inspiration that it gave me from what I had heard. Mm -hmm. you know, so I didn't need to copy to do that. I used to improvise along with Racer X, record, Racer X records when I was in high school and I would never play what they were playing. I would just find out what key the song was in and I would just improvise um, you know, solos over the songs and I would kind of try to mimic what Paul was doing at the time, but without copying it. So in other words, if Paul was doing some kind of fast scale run, ascending, I would do some kind of fast scale run and ascending. And and if he's doing a sweep, I'd try to sweep there or, or whatever, but doing my own thing still. So no matter how inspired and influenced I was by Paul, I still wasn't playing his licks. Yeah. You know, there's difference in that. You know, it's one thing, you know, and I don't mind, I'll be the first one to tip my hat at all my guitar heroes, but, you know, you don't want to wear your influences on your sleeve so to speak. Yeah. You still have to be you. Because mm -hmm. there's only one Rusty Cooley. Yeah. And there's only one Paul Gilbert and one Yngwie and one Ann Yards, man. I mean, Paul Gilbert is a huge Yngwie fan. I mean, listen to all the stuff that he's written that have Yngwie titles, you know. Off mm -hmm. the first Racer X album, there's a song called YRO, and it stands for Yngwie Ripoff. You know, he's got an instrumental called Viking Kong. I mean, that says it all right there. Has your influence has your influences ever came back to you and like and and were like like where I don't I don't usually swear but like were they ever like 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 damn man that's pretty that's pretty looking yeah I'm, I've I've had I've had that happen you know I've had um, some guys that were my favorite guitar players come back and go man now you're inspiring me you know that that must that must have been the most the most like 
healing thing in the world for you to be hearing that from your heroes to hearing that they're ins that you're inspiring your heroes yeah absolutely and to hear great guitar players um you know praise my playing is, is, is pretty cool it's it's validation because most your, your average everyday um you know naysayer or kid that sits behind their computer you know hating on everything um you know, I'll talk about what a crappy guitar player I am, but then John Petrucci will come up to me and tell me that my guitar playing was his inspiration for their new record, you know, or something like that, you know, and it's like, okay, well, I've inspired Petrucci on, on this record, um, and everybody thinks John's great, but I suck. How's, where's that, how's that work out? That's you weird. Know, I'm inspiring John, but I suck. So... Did you, know. you inspire the suspended animation album you're talking no, about? No, the album that he was talking about when he told me that was uh, Train of Thought. Um, when the first time we got to hang out, he was in Houston, he was playing me some tracks off of it, and that's when he told me, he said, man, your guitar playing was my inspiration for this record. So that's pretty revolutionary, or, or not revolutionary, but that was pretty... It was, it was, I, didn't, I didn't even really get the... the what he was saying at the time I was standing there and uh, I had a couple of my friends with me and, and there was a bunch of other people standing around waiting to talk to John and he came out and he was and he said this in front of me and like about 25 other people so it wasn't like he told me in, in seclusion where he didn't want anybody else to hear him he was not afraid to say that being the man that he is you know I mean John Petrucci's legend mm -hmm. and for him to say something like that about somebody that's was relatively unknown at the time that's just that's uh, speaks volumes have you ever heard John's song uh, "Jaws of Life"? Yeah, man, I've I've heard all of this stuff. He's he's a good buddy of mine. Super cool. Um, love all the stuff that he's doing. Because Jaws he's, of he's really taken off. His career is really. I mean, not that his career has been nothing but nothing but excellent, but it seems like he's really hitting legendary status. Um, it's really forged his his uh, self into guitar history. Uh, it's pretty cool. Because Jaws of Life reminds me of your stuff, honestly. Like, it reminds me a lot of your songs, which is... Yeah, yeah I, don't think, I don't think I knew John when he put out that album. I didn't meet him until about 2001 or two. Yeah. So I think that album was already out by then, because he'd already done the G3 stuff. He put that album out for the G3 stuff, and that was before I knew him um, personally. Do you um do you have any funny stories from the road or from uh or from the con or from concerts or from just any random like fans of yours just like approaching you or anything? Um, I don't know. I guess some of the funniest stuff is is if I'm with my kids somewhere, which they're they're older now, but but when they were younger, and I a fan would see me or something come up to me and then find out that, that you know my, that was my son or my daughter with me and they'd go. God, do you know your dad melts people's faces with his guitar playing? You know, you know stuff like that. It's pretty, you know, get a chuckle, you know. Oh, God. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, your dad melts faces. You know, it's pretty funny. Kids go, Dad, what, do you, you melt faces? No, no, not really. <laughs> Did his, his there anyone that's, who's done that, but they said, they said, like, do you know your dad was in Metallica? And they go, yeah. yeah, no, never heard that one. <laughs> That would be that would be funny. Or they go like, "Hey, you know, Dave Mustaine really loves him." <laughs> does Dave what? Like Bob Mustaine? Like does Dave Mustaine? You know, Dave Mustaine really loves his work. And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know, 
Dave's cool, dude. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, Dave Mustaine seems like a really cool guy. I mean, like, of course, he was a Metallica at one point himself, but I mean, I mean, like, but what, what bands, what bands were you actually, were you actually, um, what's the word, the term, um, were you actually asked that you could be a part of that you had, you had to turn down because of you were doing your own stuff or you were in an R band? Um, I turned down Guns N' Roses. Uh, I turned down an opportunity to audition for Guns N' Roses um, after Buckethead left. It was before Bumblefoot and after after Buckethead. It was in there. It was around 2006 or seven because that world's first album was about to come out. And I just I didn't even want to audition. I didn't you know I just wasn't into it. It's like I can't see myself wearing a top hat and playing a Les Paul strong mm-hmm. low. Um, you know I'm sure it would have been a cool gig. I guess. I mean I don't know. I'd, you'd have to. See, see, the difference is you can't take a gig for something that you're not into. That's like take going to work at McDonald's, but you don't really want to. You know what I mean? You're not yeah. your heart's not into it. You're, you know, music is something you should love, and if you don't love that band, then you don't really have any business playing for them. Um, so I, I didn't have any business playing for Guns N' Roses. Um, so I, I just turned down the opportunity altogether. Um, I was up for a, a badass band out of Dallas called Haji's Kitchen. They're not, not a huge known band, but they were signed to Shrapnel Records and yeah. a few albums. They asked me to join the band, but it was right after I had just bought a I just bought a house, and uh, I was like, man, I, I just bought a house. I can't move. You know, they went. I would have needed to move to Dallas, and I couldn't do that. And and then on another time, I just bought a house, um, and Jeff Loomis asked me to, if I'd be interested in joining Nevermore. And uh, I was like, man, dude, we just bought this house and moved in. If you would asked me two months ago, I would have moved to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, I was up for Megadeth, and um, I didn't, I didn't take that gig either, mainly because of my daughter. Uh, I'd gotten divorced in like 2011, and I hadn't seen my daughter very much, except for a few times a month on the weekends. She asked to move in, and I said, of course. And she moved in, and about four months later, Megadeth asked me to join. Man, they didn't ask. They asked, you know, Dave flat out said, "Hey, man, you got the gig. Let's just start learning the songs." And then I, I was actually working on the songs, and I just had this thing, you know, where I was like, "Man, I can't do this because if right, I do this, I have to tell my daughter she's got to go back and live with her mother." And um, I'm, I just wasn't going to do that. It's like I'd rather look back in ten years from now and go, "Yeah, I was there for her," which is way more important than me ever being in Megadeth, you know. So. But it's really awesome though that your that your that your guitar playing, um, it's like like all these bands you know Guns N' Roses, Megadeth, like all these bands wanted you because your guitar playing was so well. But you turned but 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 it was so. But the more awesome part is that you turned it down for better opportunities that for your yeah, life. Yeah, well, well, better better opportunities. I don't know, but it's it's called doing what you you know. It's, I have to do what I do because that's what I do. I can't. I can't go take, you know, it's it's not about going and being in some famous band to be famous on somebody else's dime. Yeah. You know, if I, being in Guns N' Roses or Megadeth or any other famous band for that matter, you're not really ever in that band. You're just a hired gun at that point. Mm-hmm. Because those kind of bands are already legendary. You're not bringing in, you didn't have anything to do with writing their hit songs. And if they put out an album, maybe you'll get to, you know, contribute to some writing Probably not. Um, 
your guitar solos that would be overseen and you know we'd be told what to play and you know it's it's not really it's not really a band then is it you know it's it's being a hired gun and you're on the job you know you're, and then, then you're on the, the tour bus for 18 hours a day with people you don't really know and you're getting to know them and and then you know you go play for an hour and a half and then you get back on the tour bus and drive to the next town for another 18 hours or whatever it might be you know it's it really realistically you're working about maybe two hours a day or an hour and a half and, and then the rest of the time you're on the tour bus. It's know? it's kind of like you're a spoke in the wheel then, huh? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, it's, but if I mean, if you're into it and that's what you love and you love that band, then then it's it's different. It's a different thing. But it's like you know, again, it's like taking a job that you don't really want to take, but you have to take it because you know it's the quote right thing to do. I mean, I got tons of shit from family and friends for not taking the Megadeth gig, and they thought I was, ridiculous. but it's like. What? What for? Why? You know, I do what because I mean, it might get a better paycheck. Um, you know, yeah. Megadeth. I'll I'll have more fans um, for me playing Megadeth songs or Guns N' Roses songs. I mean, and and then I'm just sitting. I don't know. I have to do my music, and uh, I, you know, I mean, if I go and, and tour for two years and playing somebody else's songs. That in a way, that's just like being in a glorified cover band. Not my songs. I didn't write them. You know. Yeah. I but I want to. I'm, I'm not making that money. I'm getting hired gun money. Yeah. Which is not the same as what those dudes that wrote the songs are making. And you know, like I said, you're you're disposable heroes basically. You know, because when you don't work out or they get tired of you, they're just gonna find the next guy. I mean, the turnaround rate for guitar players and bands like that is like every couple of years they get a new guitar player. And yeah. then those guys that were in that band, they just fade off into obscurity again. Does um, but I want, I always want I I want to ask too um, if I I know that that that's that discussion was was really really great and I really appreciate that. Well, thank you. But I I but I want to ask like what what band, um, what band out there who made an offer to like who didn't already but but okay I gotta word it. Got word better. Um, <laughs> what band would I be interested in playing with if I was asked? Yeah, if if you were, it, but but you can't turn and you wouldn't turn it down. You're like, oh, you'd be like, oh yes, like like I have to take this. Like this is like my favorite band ever or whatever. Like I like this. I, like I must take this. Um, there are gigs that I would do because I would have fun, and I, I genuinely love the music. And there's a lot I would learn from it. Yeah, you know, if Tony McAlpine asked me to go out on tour with him and play guitar with him. I would totally do it. Mm-hmm. No time, you know. Um, if um, I don't know if Racer X wanted to put together a put the band back together and they needed a second guitar player, I'd totally play Racer X. You know, um, you know things like that. I mean, there's a lot of metal bands. I mean, like you know, go play with I don't know. I can't think Dream of, Theater? But, yeah, there's no room for another guitar player in Dream Theater, man. You would do uh, good in there, though. If, if the, huh? You'd be good in Dream Theater, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, that's Dream Theater is very similar to Outworld um, stuff, you know. But, yeah, I, I don't... Dream Theater is not Dream Theater without John Petrucci, and, and like I said, there would be no... I mean, I don't think between him and Jordan, there's not really room for another dude, so I don't think that would ever happen. Um, just a thought I, I would go play with Planet X but that would be that would be an ass whooping gig 
you know, that stuff is super, the, the rhythmic aspect of, of uh, uh, Planet X is just kind of terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, would, I would give it a shot for sure. Um, I don't know, there's, there's like bands I love to play for fun, like, you know, like After the Burial, you know, or As I Lay Dying or something like that, you know. Um, that shit would be a blast, man. It's heavy, aggressive, fun music, and you know that'd be cool. I mean, I'm sure there's some somebody that I, somebody that I'd really love to play with that I'm forgetting. Um, I'd love to collaborate with other guitar players and do an instrumental albums. So, you know, I'd love to do an album with George Colias on drums. Mm-hmm. That would be just the sickest, man. George is probably one of the most amazing drummers ever. You really? know, I'd like to I'd like to put together. Um, uh, and a touring instrumental band um, with with top notch players like you know George Colias on drums and you know um, somebody sick on bass um, who I really like it's a badass bass player mm-hmm. um, Ray Rindo or um, you know Billy Sheehan maybe um, Tony Franklin something like that that'd be sick is there is there any um, like is there any guitars that you played with that never hit the recording studio. That that never made to the recording studio. But it was so. But it was so dang. The licks were so dang tasty. It should have been recorded. Yeah, there's a lot of people like that, man. It's 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 um it's really disheartening because the music industry is just it is what it is, and you can't make money at it. Um, that that there are so many great unknown musicians, not just guitar players. You know, guitar players, bass players, singers drummers whatever for for whatever reason they just never got that break or were exposed to that opportunity and it's just you you see people fade by the wayside and then you hear crap on the radio and you go how the hell did they make it you know Mm -hmm. and well they made it because they were chosen and uh you know there's this thing called payola you know Mm -hmm. where the record companies grease the hands and palms of all the radio stations to get them to play whatever song it is by whatever new band a million times a day, and then it becomes a hit. Not because the people actually like it, because they're programmed uh, through constant brainwashing of the same song over and over and over again. But you find yourself singing it, wow, and all your friends like it, and that's cool, and now we all like it. And that's uh, the sheeple right there, my friend, blind leading the blind. Because because I was going to ask, I mean, like, have you ever played with, like, you know, even though you weren't in Guns N' Roses, have you ever played with, like, Slash and you guys, like, did, like, these awesome songs and you worked together and you clapped on all this great stuff and you're like, dang, man, we should go in the studio and record this. But it never, to ha- never happened? No. <laughs> never, never done anything like that. Uh, no. There's been a lot of music, my own music, that for whatever reason didn't get finished or recorded. But uh, <clears throat> no, no collaboration like that with any, um, you know, super famous people. I mean, I've I've hung out and jammed with some great guitar players. There's some videos of some of that stuff, like me and Mark Tremonti jamming, and um, I've seen that. You and I think there's a video of me with John Petrucci backstage somewhere. Well, and then of course there's videos of, of me and Petrucci and uh, Jason Richardson and Tony McAlpine and Devin. Towns and all playing together at the Petrucci Guitar Universe um, on stage together with Mike Mangini and um, uh, what's the bass player's name? Dave LaRue. 
um, some of the greatest musicians in the world right there. Have um, what, Super cool. what's your um, what's your uh, if if you had to play a lick like right now, like if you were to pick up your guitar and play a lick right now, what would that lick be? Oh, I don't know, man. It'd probably be something that I'm comfortable with, you know, because I'm sitting here cold, you know. Um, I mean, cold, not like cold and like shivering cold, but like not warmed up. So mm-hmm. um, I would pick up the guitar and play things that were comfortable to me that I've been playing for years um, that might seem pretty terrifying to somebody else, but it's, it's just like a kind of warm-up thing to me. Yeah. Um, Speed arpeggio, some picking stuff, you know, some stuff like that. So, so... I now now I know you're not really big on titles like world's like famous like like world's famous guitarist or fastest guitarist or anything but like but um but I but I got to say I mean you are pretty fast you like you you're you have you, you I mean like you have you have that song can't play this or that's a train technique that you have and it's like it's, it's a it's a guitar lick there guitar world magazine had a monthly column called I bet you can't play this and it's where, you know, they would ask different guitar players to submit a lick. Um, and I did it twice. Uh, matter of fact, the first time I submitted uh, an example to guitar player or guitar world, because um, they asked me to do it, but you can't play this column. They told me I needed to redo it because nobody was going to be able to play it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But I, and I said, well, I thought the column was called I Bet You Can't Play This. <laughs> and they said, yeah, but nobody's ever going to be able to play that. So can you tone it down a little bit? <laughs> you... So, you rose the bar too much that the magazine yeah, had. Yeah, that's what they literally said. That they said nobody's gonna be able to play that, dude. You gotta, you know, gotta <laughs> something else. So I, what you see is my toned down versions of stuff. When you look at the Betch Camp, I play this videos. Yeah, because I know that you uh, you made a video where you, you did it slow, and then you and then you did it fast. I was like, I was like, holy, like holy crap, that's fast. Yeah, yeah. Anytime you're doing anything instructional like that, you. You always demonstrate it fast and slow so people can actually see what you're doing, what fingers you're using, things like that from an educational value. And then you play it up to speed the way it's, you intend it to be heard. So they get they get the before and after product, basically. Now, you probably never heard this before in your life, but I'll probably be the first one. But if your fingers were cars on the highway, they'd be pulled over. <laughs> <laughs> That's just son. Oh man! <laughs> no, I'm serious though. I mean, like, I mean, just that, like, dude, like, it's like, dude, like, dude, that's fast. <laughs> no, no, you're you're killing me, man. You're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, but like, um, is are you in the works of making a new album? Or are you in the span now that's making all these albums? Are you? Sorry, what's that? Are you in the Are you in the works of making a new solo album right now, or are you? Um, what I'm doing right now, Day of Reckoning's finishing um, our second CD. I've got a couple of solos I got to go down and, and and record, and then it's just mixing the rest of the tunes. I think Brad's got a couple of vocals he's got to do on a few things. It's it's this Day of Reckoning CD second CD uh, is almost done. I mean, seriously, almost done. Um, it's very very close. And then I'm I'm working on. Um, new instrumental material I'm, I'm gathering up a bunch of music right now and just kind of classifying it and getting it organized and uh you know kind of stockpiling stuff and going through old stuff and so i'm working on new instrumental stuff i'm not saying i'm working on a new instrumental album 
Yeah. But I'm working on new instrumental stuff. I'm also going to be putting together an instrumental band to do some touring. Um, I've missed a couple of really great op- touring opportunities because I didn't have an instrumental band. So um, that's what I'm going to be I'm gearing up to do, put together a band for instrumental stuff as well as um, writing new instrumental material and relearning my old instrumental material. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a challenge. So as a musician, so um, so did you see? Do you see the the new Queen movie? And as a musician, how did it, how did it, um go in your eyes? No, he don't watch movies. I I haven't. I don't. Yeah, did you hear my girlfriend? She said no. He don't watch movies. <laughs> you don't watch movies? <laughs> no, not really. I don't watch much TV. Me me and my TV is is like getting in bed to fall asleep or whatever. You know, that's that's about as much TV as I watch. Um. Yeah, I don't watch any shows or no. Yeah, you're, I play guitar, man. Yeah, it's you're more you're you're more like I I shred and I and I help the and I help the youngins shred too. Well, I don't know about all that, but um, I play guitar <laughs> and I teach guitar and uh, I study guitar. And I'm a guitar nerd. Yeah, and I'm a guitar nerd. So. I mean, I mean, like, but, 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 like, that that only that only makes you like so much better. I mean, like, you 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 put so much effort in your in your game that like one day you're gonna be probably you'll probably be the fastest alive if you if one day if you when you, if you like get to that point like one day. Yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, there's never been anything that I've heard that I can't play as far as speed goes. Have you ever listened to any Sean Lane? Sean Lane, I I don't think I I never heard of him actually at all. Sean's one of my biggest influences. Go listen to Sean Lane play guitar. There's not very many other guitar players that will uh, impress you after you hear Sean Lane. Mm-hmm. I'll check I'll check him out for sure. Yeah, if anybody's the fastest guitar player or was the fastest guitar player because he's no longer alive, he passed away in 2003, I think. Um, but, I mean that would dude would be considered the fastest. He's the fastest guitar player I've ever heard. And I've heard them all pretty much. Um, who, what, um, is, is, I gotta ask, is Rusty Cooley your real name or is that your stage name? Um, I don't have a stage name, man. No, Rusty Cooley's my real name. I mean, my, my given name is Russell, but I've never been called Russell. My parents always called me Rusty. Because that doesn't, because Rusty does not show your guitar skills. I totally does not. Rusty is different. It does not blend into your Maybe they should have called me Slowhand. <laughs> I got a man with a slow yeah. hand. Mm. Oh my mm-hmm. god. So maybe, so is he a Russell? Yeah, really. That's funny. Have you ever been Russell? <laughs> That's my girlfriend, Christy. She just jumped in there. No, no, it's fine, but like, but like, um, but the Cooley part makes a hundred percent because 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 your guitar skills are cool, Lee. <laughs> yeah, you're dude, you're funny. <laughs> you're killing me with your jokes, bro. <laughs> hey, hey, I can I make I can make Just all the funny man. I I can make all the puns I want. Like I can like I can be yeah, like pretty funny. You ever watch the you ever watch the pun guys? Um. I don't know. I don't know who are they. Well, the pun guys—they're really—they're really punny. They're on YouTube. They got their own channel, and they make their whole gig is walking around making puns. It's—it's it's pretty hilarious. Oh yeah, the pun guys. Yeah, those two. Yeah. those two Canadians. Yeah, the dude's got the pun hub shirt. Yeah, I love yeah. those guys. 
Yeah, yeah. Now that's some seriously funny stuff right there, man. I don't care who you are. It's like, like you'll you'll be you'll be a you'll be a janitor. If 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 a high, if a school came up to you and say you want to be our janitor, you'd be and you you could say yes because I know how to sweep. That's right. <laughs> but unfortunately, that kind of sweeping is not going to get the calls clean. No, it no it will. It's the kind of sweeping that can entertain the kids and clean the floors. That's right, and I can run a vacuum sweeper too. <laughs> you get you get. Sweep. I'm getting sweepy, dude. <laughs> you're you're getting real sweepy. <laughs> yep, I'm getting real sweepy. Gotta gotta go clean the house with my sweeping. And hey, I've, I've invented a new technique. It's called vacuum picking. Really? Yeah. Like what, it's what's like that? faster than sweeping. It's it's vacuum picking. I mean, I I never understood the the guitar technique of like um. Do you know dude, how? There's no such thing as vacuum picking. That's a joke. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but no, the thing—the thing I never understood about like uh, guitar playing, which you could probably clear up for me, um, is that to like, do you know how you know how you play guitar? You, you play with your hand with your one hand and you strum with the other. Um, but like, what, what's that? What's that thing of people putting their finger up like on the fretboard and like tapping it? Like, it, are you still technically playing? Are you still technically strumming? But except you're strumming with your finger, or is it like you're tapping? No, your... that's that's. That's tapping, and what you're doing is an ex basically an extension of your left hand. So now you're using a, just like a pianist uses both hands on the piano. Now, if you equate the piano keys to the fretboard, it'd be the same thing as playing with both hands on the fretboard. Um, you're not strumming anymore. You're you're playing. You're fretting notes with both hands. That's that's actually pretty. That's unique. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, I mean that's that's that's, that's what it is. Um, boy brought this for me tonight. Have, um, have you ever followed? I mean, you're so good at guitar playing. Do you know how to play like the bass if you had to? Um, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I have actually. I mean, I don't consider myself a bass player at all. That's for sure. But uh, I've played. I, I can play enough to lay down some demo tracks and things like that. Um, you like bass, though. Yeah, I love bass. How about uh, how your vocals? Does do you get someone to do the vocals, or do you, are they're easy enough, and you can and you know I'll you're do, gonna... yeah, I'm not singing, man. I mean, I I wish I could, but you know, I mean, I try, I, I try all the time, um, but uh, you know, I don't know if you call it singing. So like, so who who sing on your? Uh... It's more like howling or something, yodeling. I don't know. Who's singing on the uh, on your soul on your on your album? On the few on the two songs I had the instrument the the vocals on them. Uh, who sang on that? Yeah, who sang on your album? That was uh, that was Kelly Carpenter, the the lead singer for Outworld. He was on the first Outworld CD. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, so so what so what bands were you in besides the solo stuff, and who you in now? Because that because I I kind of kind of forget a little. Yeah. Um. I was uh, the, my first real band was a band called Revolution that I was in when I was in my early twenties, and then uh, after Revolution, I did my solo stuff, and then Outworld, and then um, Day of Reckoning. Is uh, it, is Day of Reckoning the post supposed to be supposed to be a ripoff of that one Dota E game, Dota E Day of Reckoning? Dude, I don't even know what you're talking about. I, I know Day of Reckoning is. Do you know what the definition of Day of Reckoning is? 
it's it's a biblical thing. It's like stand up and be accounted for. It's when when you're standing there for your creator or whatever you call God, you have to be accounted for for all the actions you've taken in your life. It's your I, day of reckoning. I heard of that, yeah. I mean, better be good. He's watching. Yeah, because because there's a there's a Dora-E game literally called Day of Reckoning and Yeah, no man, I, I had no idea that even existed. Yeah, I don't play not, video games. He's not a gamer either. Yeah. I not know. a gamer or a TV person. Yeah. So if you're so if you're not into gaming and not really into TV and guitar is your whole thing, then when you don't feel like doing guitar, what do you do? Hang out with my girlfriend. That's good. <laughs> oh that's sorry. it. It's me and my girl and my guitar. The two G's. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. And the double G. Yeah, the drag, the double G. <clears throat> Dropping it low on, on the double G. I'm the OG. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Day of reckoning, son. That that's y'all, Huckleberry. <laughs> What's um? Have, have you ever um? Have you ever been in Guitar World and people not re- recognize who you are? Um. <laughs> I don't know. Probably. I'm sure. There's a lot of readers out there that probably got a Guitar World magazine one day and said, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> no, no, it's not, no, not Guitar World. I mean, Guitar Center, like the store. Like, have you ever stepped into the store and not realize, people not realize who you are? And then they're like, oh, that's Rusty Cooley. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm sure. You know, that happens, you know. I mean, that happens in, you know, different places. It's, it's uh, you know, you'd be surprised. Because, um... Because, like, I've been doing this podcasting thing for almost a year. It's going to be a year in June, um, th- this podcast. And um, and I had no one come up to me going, like, hey, it's that Steven from that podcast. Well, they don't, they don't get to see you, bro. Oh, so yeah, it's not like you. You know, kind of like Joe Rogan's podcast? Have I ever, have I ever been on Joe Rogan? No, but she no. she said like Joe Rogan's podcast. Oh yeah, like Joe Rogan. You know, I mean, but Joe, you get to see Joe, but for the longest time he didn't have video on his show. Probably did he when he first started? It was always video for all of his podcasts. Well, he, he he was, but on, he was already he famous was, anyway. He was on with um, it was a radio station. Like, yeah. The... Yeah, <clears throat> but I mean, it's it's like DJs for radio stations. You you hear their voices every day, and you'd recognize that voice anywhere, but. If you saw them in public, you wouldn't know it was them unless you heard their voice and went, "Hey, that's that Tony the Tiger guy." <laughs> you know, they're great. Yeah. Do you know what? that? Um, it's actually funny. The Tony the Tiger guy was actually on television. He was. Um, you're not going to know us because you don't watch TV, but. Um... I used to. Careful. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, man. But um, in the '90s, um, there's this wrestling promotion called WCW, and um, the there an announcer on there. I think it what was his name um i forget his name but he had a mustache and he and his voice was really i, I you can you can identify his voice and he 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 was tony the tiger and he was a wrestling announcer for the longest time what yeah how do you know did you say wcw yeah wcw world championship wrestling <laughs> that's exactly what i thought um and you said it was the announcer you sure that wasn't mean gene no, it wasn't Mean Gene. It was uh, I gotta look at this guy's name. Uh, because Tony the Tiger, the dude did Tony the Tiger's voice. I he was he. Well, I don't think you got your facts straight, man. You better fact check that. <laughs> no, I've, I've uh, you sure wasn't Mel Blanc. 
No. You know who Mel Blanc is? No. Dude, do your Looney Tunes homework. Oh, oh, he, oh, he's a oh, he does Looney Tunes. He did Looney Tunes a long time ago. He's since um, passed on to the. Because uh, I know that Billy West did the Honey Nut Cheerios B and the M and the Red M and M for. Who did? Billy West. Yeah, that's the dude from uh, Ren and Stimpy, man. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, he did all the. He did all those guys. I know he well, does. See, all he those he, watch, yeah, he, but... he watches cartoons, so but he doesn't yeah. watch TV. So you know the guy that does Archer's voice and Bob's Burger voice is doing a some sandwich commercial Arby's. now. Arby's commercial. He is. Yeah, the dude that does Archer and Bob. Bob's not Bob the Builder, but you know. You uh, haven't had the meat sweats. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, Archer and Bob's Burger guy. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know that actually. I don't yeah, watch. He's doing an Arby's commercial now. He's actually on it. You can actually see him. But so, so here's the thing. You're used to hearing that voice as Archer or Bob's Burgers, and then you see him in person. It's like, that's not right. Yeah, that that'd be weird. I mean, like. <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't look like he sounds. I mean, I mean, like because those because voice actors really really know how to uh, change up their voice or how they from the differentiation of how they look. So like yeah. so like I can so I can change my voice to look like this, but then but then people people will think I people will think I'm a professional wrestler if I go like this all the time, but they see me in person and really just well, what what nobody sounds like that in professional wrestling. Well, I mean if they're if if it, the Undertaker. <laughs> oh, the Undertaker! I see. Yeah, you know he's always like this. I must step into a slim gym. <laughs> oh yeah, that's Macho Man. <laughs> what? You like wrestling, huh? I, I'm a huge wrestling fan. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. yeah and, even, and even through all the wrestling, I never heard your hey, music. So, so you can't do you, see me. So do you, <laughs> yeah, right? Do the, what about the people's elbow? Oh, the people's elbow. Oh, yeah, the people's yeah, elbow. How about, how about uh, Dusty Rhodes? The, uh, the Ivan, Ivan Putsky. Oh, yeah, I know all of them, man. The Iron Claw. Yeah. Axel Dugan. Dugan. <laughs> it's, yeah, no, I'm talking old guys, man. I um I mean I, I mean like I I, have, I watched wrestling when I was so young that I didn't know it was fake. It, it, it's a work, it's it's a work. That's not fake. Yeah, because it's a lot of work. Those staples really hurt. They um. Well, the I mean it's glass. fake, but you gotta be able to. That razor blade that you keep in your sock and slice yourself right there in the middle of the ring when nobody's looking. Yeah, so it ain't like, like UFC or anything. Yeah, no, no UFC. You're really getting your ass kicked. Yeah, I, I mean, mean for real, and it's almost like not wearing any gloves. You're not. I mean, those aren't really. Even, those aren't even really gloves. Do they really even help prevent you get from getting bludgeoned? Yeah, keep you from getting somebody's tooth in or something. Oh, it helps you from getting your hand broke, not their first that other person's face broke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's for your own protection, not their protection. I see. I get it. It's. I never thought about it that way. I'm yeah, you want those fighters hands. to break their knuckles. You just want him to break the other person's face. You fracture your hand easy, like. Yeah. Mm. I'm such a fan, though, that I like. You don't even know how big of a fan I am. I have, I have action figures. I have books. I have two encyclopedias that are nothing but the history of Dota. So you're a you're a you're a WCW collector, like like comic books kind of. Well, I mean, I like Dota E, WCW, ECW. I like all like the three major promotions from the '90s, pretty much. Right. And like, and like, 
I I love I, I I collect trading cards of it. It's like it's like baseball trading card collecting for me. It's mm-hmm. I, I I love I love it all. I mean like I love I love wrestling. I love old school gaming. I mean I'm just a nerd. I'm just a nerd who loves music and Rusty's music really it's good and I'm so glad that he took the time. He's taking the time to be on this podcast. It's it's an honor. Well, thank you. Awesomeness. Thank you. And it. And um, you should try. You should try out some UFC. You, I, I've seen UFC. It's not like I haven't seen it. I mean, like. Well, I, I know, but I mean. She means interviewing, right? No, oh. but. Yeah, do that too. Yeah. I, I would love. He's not into it, but. Yeah. I, mean, I, I guarantee you'd get into it if you. Just like wrestling, you'd be. Hooked. I was. I was think. I was on. No, honestly, I was thinking. Um, if I were to become a wrestler, that honestly, I would probably use drowning into the Ionian Sea for my theme. Probably, if it, if I if I were to become a wrestler, honestly. Well, isn't that a little bit mellow for a theme to come in? You know, make your make your presence known to the crowd and walk into the ring. Well, I mean, like if you're going for like a moody character, like if I were to be like a character that's like sensitive. Yeah, so like if I were like the undertake like an undertaker kind of character, then maybe it would work. Yeah, could be. Yeah, you could be like a undertake, like, or make them believe that that's how you are, and then you come out kicking ass. Yeah, that's true. And, um... And, bender, the gender bender. And, you ever see that on Futurama? Oh, yeah, wait, wait, uh, I haven't seen Futurama. Bender, when Bender becomes a, a gender bender wrestler? i never seen that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Have you no? Um, do you know the do you know the guy who voices Bender is uh is the most funniest guy you'll ever meet. His name is John DiMaggio. <laughs> I didn't know that, but he sounds like a funny dude. He he he's funny, man. I mean I mean like I know I mean I know. Where can you, I see him at? You can. He's on uh he's on YouTube pretty much. I mean like he can. And his name's John DiMaggio. Yeah, John DiMaggio. Put that in. Cool. I gotta look that up. His stuff is hilarious, and and all the panels that he's done, um, that that he has one of, if you want to look up like more of his comedy stuff, which there's only like a few of it on YouTube, but look up Red Johnny and the Round Guy, and that's his uh, comedy stuff. <laughs> Red Johnny and the Round Guy. Yeah. Okay. Are you a Jim Brewer fan? Who? Jim Brewer. I think I've heard of him, but I don't think it really is. Jim Brewer is the funniest man. Look him up. Yeah. He was Goat Boy. <laughs> he does <laughs> ACDC and Metallica and all that. Yeah. Yeah, you should look him up. Uh, I'll, yeah. yeah, I'll give I'll give him a I'll give him a look up. Um, yeah, he must beat up the pizza guy one time too. So, who all do you usually have? Do you just have different people on your podcast, or strictly music, or? I um, since I since like I said, I'm I'm a, I'm such a nerd. Like I, uh, I interview like a lot of different kind of people. Like I interview like um, cosplayers, musicians, wrestlers. Um, cosplay. Yeah, I'm in the cosplay. What is that? It's um like what's it say that like I, what's it okay? Let's put it this way. 
Let's say I really like your music. I can go find a picture of you and get a wig that looks like your hair and wear what you would wear and carry around like a guitar and say like, hey, I'm Rusty Cooley. And the people are like, oh, that's oh, so man, cool. That's so weird. <laughs> I'd be like, and they would be like, that's so cool. Can I take a photo of you? That's my costume. Oh, shit, me. man. That's fucking funny. <laughs> I could do that. I could like get a wig and then like pretend I'm... I don't know, Buddy Holly. You no, know, no. What's that? Know. What's that guy with the brew? Uh, uh, you know the funny loud guy. Hey, what's that guy? Gary Busey. I could be Gary Busey. Or you, or you can um, pretend. You could pretend to be Slash and get the and get a wig that looks like a curly hair and the top hat and and put yourself over a Slash, but then you play your own stuff and be like, oh my gosh, it's Rusty Cooley, really. I could be Buckethead. Oh, yeah, that would work. I just have to wear some really big platform shoes. You'd have to wear stilts. Yeah, exactly, really stilts. I'd have to get leg extensions to go under massive surgery. It's not a goodness. Then he confronts, you, he confronts you and gets into your ear and goes like, Hey, man, that's really cool. But now I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> I mean, has he ever uh, whispered in your ear because, you know, in character he doesn't really talk? Nope. He's never whispered in my ear, I can tell you that much. Because I know. Um, he's leaned over and gave me a nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Like, hey, what's up, dude? I can't talk now because I'm in costume. Because I know. Because I'm a buckethead. Because I'm a buckethead, yeah. Because I know that him and Josh Freeze are, are buddies. <laughs> or Josh Freeze? Who's that? He's a he's a drummer. He uh, he was in uh, he was in Guns N' Roses with a buckethead. At... Okay. I wonder how much they talk. Right. Well, Buckethead talks through a brain, this hand puppet. He, uh, so it's he not did, actually Buckethead talking his brain. He did a podcast. Buckethead did a he's, podcast. He's into what? Is he into cosplay? I don't. Co- Buckethead? Yeah. I am. Uh, I'm. In, I would never. I don't. Maybe he just said. He it. Maybe he is. I mean, I we could go get buckets and. Right. What? Well, yeah, that'd be easy to do. I mean, like. Uh, I mean, Bucket Buckethead though was on a podcast himself, um, a couple like two years ago, where he actually talked and he gave, yeah. and he was on. It was called uh, uh, "Coming Alive," I think. Brains, bucket, bots, and bolts. <laughs> Something like that. But he, but no, I mean, he's really good though. I mean, he's another guitarist I really love. He's really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, Buckethead definitely. Uh, I I've definitely spent some time spinning some Buckethead music, guitar playing for sure. Did he ever tell you about uh, about his love for Disney? No, Buckethead's never spoken oh, to me. Oh no, not Michael Jackson, huh? Oh yeah, and and you know they're they're vetoing his music now. Really? Now that that thing came out. Wow, that's crazy, man. He should have left those little boys alone. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> Michael Jackson. <laughs> but like, um. It's the Jackson Five. What? Have. Have you um, have you when you when you've been on tour, have has there been like anyone who came up to you on tour, and was like, hey man, um, this one guy, uh, really think really thinks that he can play guitar. Can you show him how the? Do you show him how it's really done? <laughs> <laughs> no man, I've never had anybody say that to me, but I but I've had people that like. I used to live in this apartment complex, and some people there found out that I could play guitar, 
And I remember I was getting out of my car one day. I don't know. I was coming from the grocery store or something. And they pull up in their pickup truck real quick and they go, hey, man, we just bought this new guitar. Will you play it for me? Can you play it right now? <laughs> I was like, uh, no, i got to take my groceries in. It's, it's hot. It's, we're in Texas. We're getting inside in the AC. All right. Not like do you beat? Do you it's, it's like you know. Well, I used to teach at this music store, and and I realized what the owner of the store was doing. He was trying to help promote me and, and as a guitar teacher. But he always did this. I'd either be in a lesson where I'd be in my room practicing, and he'd come up with a potential client or somebody in the store. So one of his friends would go, "Hey, this is Rusty Cooley. Play, play fast for him. Play fast for him." And it always made me feel like just like freak show, you know? Yeah. Okay. Now, now, now play fast. Yeah. People are strange. Yeah, it's like, now play fast. Play fast. Play. Can you play fast? It's like, I'm in the middle of a lesson. Yeah, just take two seconds to play fast. Okay. <laughs> cool. Done. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> no, dude, no. I always play fast. Yeah, what do you mean? No, this would be funny. Where is if you... Where I only if, play fast when I'm playing slow. No, it would be real funny. Where is if, like, uh, you, you're, you're coming back from the grocery store, and someone goes like, hey, 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 can you play this flute for me? And you take the flute, and you own it. <laughs> Yeah, or show it up their butt. <laughs> <laughs> now let me hear you play that flute. Now that's cosplay. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, who are you supposed to be? Hey, this isn't band camp. <laughs> like, uh, well, what had happened was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, uh, like, well, Ro- Ro- got a student that does that. No, who, no, who are you like, like, what, wait, like, if some, like, if a kid came home to their parents, had the. Exp- had to explain this, you know. Um, um, what what would they say? They would be like, like, oh, what happened to you, little Billy? Oh, Rusty Cooley. <laughs> like, stick the flute up my butt. Oh man, no, this is getting out of hand. This that was supposed to be like funny, you know. But no, we're talking about going home and telling their parents. That's like. That's like Michael Jackson stuff right there. That's like weird. <laughs> that's, no, that's, just... that's like that's that that'd be really weird. But but hey, um, I know that you were telling. I know that that you're that you're that you gotta, you know, get get it wrapped up soon. But um, yeah. but yeah, hey, I got solos to record tonight for a band. No, hey, but hey, it's cool. I mean, like, think. Thank you, though. I had such an amazing time with you, Rusty. I'm so glad you, you took the time out and had the opportunity to interview you and and for and for your uh, for your um, sniffing it or to join in and have fun with this conversation. It was nice to get to know the both of you, and it was it, and ho- hopefully we can chat again sometime because you're you're really nice cool. meeting you, Stephen. Uh, nice to yeah. meet you too. Yeah, you know, honestly, this I have to say it was it was, it was really one of the funnest uh, interviews that I've done in a long time. That's yeah. for sure. It was it was very it was fun, man. It's entertaining. Thank you. Hey, no problem. So, um, uh, real quickly, if I can shout my uh, my social medias real quickly, and then you can shout out yours. Um, uh, you can find me on on um on Facebook at CyberTimeBite. You can find me on Twitter at NostalgiaVamp. You know, because you follow me. Um. I'm gonna give you a shout out, Stephen. Yo, thanks. <laughs> um, you can you can buy my merchandise at Redbubble.com under Crash Stephen Gear, where you can get my T-shirt with the spork on it, where even guitar players even know. Do you, but do you have wigs? <laughs> no, I don't sell wigs. Oh, How about wax horse teeth. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we sell wax horse teeth. What kind of store do you think we're running here? <laughs> Welcome to Buckethead Soy Store. 
like me, I'll be wearing the the horse head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. But oh, make we sure... do horse cosplay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but make but make sure to pick up my my shirt with the spork on it because it's the because even you even being a guitar player even knows that the spork is the most ultimate of them all. Dude, you you're just gonna have to hook me up with one of those, bro. <laughs> I'll swap your shirts. I'll send you a day of reckoning shirt. You send me a spork shirt. Deal. That's a deal. Cool. Cool. So, I'll wear that on the gig. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um. Just send. Just send me. Uh. Just. Just send me where you want me to send it, and I'll send it over to you. Awesome, brother. Will do, man. So, um, where? You, how about you? Send. Send out your. Uh. Your socials to. Yep. The um. Normally, you can find everything that you need to find out about me at, at www.rustycooley.com. But unfortunately, my website's down right now. So the best place is really Facebook. Um, Rusty Cooley One uh, is is one of my pages, and the real Rusty Cooley is uh, another one. Yeah, Cooley. I have a fan page and a personal page. They're both under Rusty Cooley. Um, you can find that, and it's the same thing on. I think on Instagram it's Rusty Cooley Official. Uh, Twitter is Rusty Cooley One. Uh, my YouTube channel is Mr. Rusty Cooley, and um, I think you know you'd be able to find it from there. And you know, something I'd really like to promote real quick is that um, I, I've signed with a new guitar company. I'm now endorsing and using Ormsby Guitars out of Australia. Um, it's a great, great guitar company. They built me an awesome signature model, and it's going to be um, available for the next couple of months to the public as well. And I uh, just want to give a big shout-out to Ormsby and uh, all my fans that, that hear this that don't know um, what's going on exactly with me um, leaving the other guitar company. But it's, it's all about Ormsby Guitars now, brother. So check it out. Yeah, they, um, I mean, like you're learning, you're teaching the kids from down under how to play some awesome riffs. Absolutely, man. You really, I'm teaching people all over the world because I teach via Skype. Um, I teach locally here in Houston, but I also teach lessons on Skype, and I literally have students all over the world. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's 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 a great medium, uh, the whole Skype lesson thing. Um, so anybody out there that's interested in guitar lessons. Um, I, I teach anybody, all ages, all levels. Just send me an email, rusty at rustycooley.com for guitar lessons. Yeah, I'll be glad to get you rolling. That that's really awesome. So thank you. So yeah, thank you everyone for watching, for listen, not watching, but listening the episode. Yes. It's been a good. It's been an exciting and fun for sure. Yeah, well, well we definitely got to talk again, dude. Um, Absolutely, brother. Thank you for listening to episode. 43 of Cyber Time Bite, and I hope all of you have a fantastic day. Awesome. See you guys next time.